Yeah, how many parties did y'all end up having? That's a good question. Because I uh, saw, alt- I think it was Sarah's post that said you weren't able to have any last year, which was 10, so... Right, yeah, we were supposed to have a really big party last year. We were going to go to one of those trampoline parks closer to Nashville, and we had every intention as, of going, but then, of course, the um, virus the, the did world, a great job. The of, world conspired against you and you alone. And- they sure did. <laughs> yeah, man, it was awful. And then the place, like, eventually reached the point where we were like, hey, can we just have our money back? And they said no. Really? We had to make a we had to make a deposit. July was rolling around. That's absurd. And we were like, hey, obviously you guys aren't gonna be opening up anytime soon. Yeah. Can we go ahead and have our money back? And they said no. That's sus. Yeah. We uh we had to just eat it. We were like, Okay, yeah. fine. Well, uh so then this year was coming up and we were like, Hey, here's an idea. Why don't we just go ahead and have the party we were supposed to have last year? <laughs> they still have so, our deposit. <laughs> the, the deposit was still sitting there, so they're like, Might as well. <laughs> so here we are. Did it actually did that actually work? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they took it. And uh so we had our party and uh he got to invite some friends to have a sleepover. And so that was the first party, and then tonight is actually his birthday. Yeah. And so we uh, celebrated his birthday today with just some close family nearby. That's so exciting. I remember yeah. I remember being excited for birthdays, and then I feel like the last one you really get excited for, depending on like how you are as a person, is 21. Yeah. Because obviously some people turn 21 and it does not impact their life at all. Well, I know 25 is also when you're able to rent a car. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird! It's a plane! Nope. No, no, no. No superheroes here. Just Jay and John. Welcome to the nerdiest podcast you'll ever hear. They didn't ask us. Well, yeah, so that's what's been going on in our lives. If you're still with us, if you haven't, I know that was kind of a boring intro, <laughs> but. <laughs> well, I mean, we're we're real people. These are real things that have happened to us. But uh, welcome back to another episode of They Didn't Ask Us. I am Jay, and with me, of course, is my co-host, John. No, no fancy nickname this time. Your shirt says 100T. What is that? Ah, this is a shirt. I was hoping you would say something about it because it's a shirt I'm very excited to have. It is the new jersey for the gaming org 100 Thieves, and I wasn't planning on getting it because I knew they were releasing it, but I just happened to be at lunch when the the merch dropped, and it it dropped at 2 p.m. our time. It was noon in California, and um, by 2.30, it had completely sold out. So what, what is 100 Thieves? They are a gaming org, so they were... As as best as I understand, 100 Thieves was founded by a former Call of Duty pro. So they have, I think they have a Valorant team. They probably have a CS team, a COD team. So they just they just compete in various games at a high level. And I just, I mean, I thought that sure, I thought it looked cool. So it does look pretty cool. Yeah. Oh yeah, I like the design on the side there. That's really neat. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. See now it says Thieves across the front. It does. It's true. I couldn't see it. The the little black box was blocking out the thieves i just saw the 100 t in the corner Mm -hmm. 
Nice. And then it's sponsored by AT&T, obviously. AT&T, um, I think Cash App is one, Rocket Mortgage. Like, they've got some pretty big name sponsors. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Man, if only we had sponsors. If you would like to get in touch with us, sponsors, we have several different ways. The first way, which is the more traditional way, would be to email us. They didn't ask us at gmail.com. If you would like to follow us on Facebook, you can follow us facebook.com slash they didn't ask us. And on there, you can see several different things that we will post throughout the weeks. Uh, This is also a good place to go if you want to get a heads up on what's going to be talked about on the podcast. This is a great way to follow us and to see what we've been up to, what we're interested in, maybe some of the news that we talked about during the show. We'll sometimes post that on the Facebook page. You can follow us on Instagram at They Didn't Ask Us. That is mainly me who's posting that. John is saying, what's Instagram? Yeah, I, I never joined the world of, what would that be, like 2012, 2011? Something like yeah, that. Of course, to be fair, I just joined in 2020. So, you know, give yourself some, some credit there. <laughs> There is also another way that you can follow us and get a hold of our content, and that's by going to our very own website. That's right. We have a website, theydidn'taskuspod.com. While you're there, you can see our bio. You can listen to our most recent episodes, and you can also get in touch with us that way as well. There's a little box down at the bottom where you can fill out. It's almost like a comment card. And you can send it to us and let us know how we're doing, what it is that you want to see on the show, maybe some questions that you have for us. But we would love to hear from you. And that is a few ways that you can get in touch with us. So sponsors, I want to hear from you (laughs) very soon. This episode drops in just a few days. I expect to hear from you by Thursday of next week. I tell you what, I'm going to... You know, eyes peeled on all of these message inputs and just see uh, see what all happens. Hey, you never know. You never know. Hey, I mean, shoot or shoot. That's what they say. That's right. GameStop, I know you're struggling. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we, we might be able to get your business up and, up and running again. <laughs> Jay's shaking his head, just like very, very saddened. Well, first up, we have the news. We got a lot of news this week. John, have you looked at any of this stuff? We get most of our content from comicbookmovie.com is typically where we go. Um, There's some other various sources that come in through. Apple apparently um, follows me very closely on what I look at, and so I get random stuff that pops up on there sometimes too, which is a little creepy, kind of freaks me out a little bit, but you know. It is what it yeah, is, I guess. It's it's just got your algorithm figured out. Yeah. They know the types of things that you that you want to look at. Um, I think my algorithm is mostly like reactions to things that have released. So like when an episode of WandaVision or Falcon and the Winter Soldier or like back in the fall of Mandalorian, when an episode comes out, it's like, Oh, we're unwrapping, you know, these things that you might have missed. So my my the stuff that I see is mostly things that have happened. And I feel like the stuff that you search out for and you see is more stuff that's going to happen. Yeah. So that's that's a difference in the two of us, which I find to be kind of interesting. Well, as far as news goes, uh, I have to say the most exciting thing that I have seen 
is John, you and I actually on this podcast, we have reviewed Batman The Long Halloween. Mm-hmm. Both of us very much enjoyed it. It's an older Batman series from the 90s. I want to say correct? it was mid to late 90s, yeah. Yeah. And um, what we did with that, we actually reviewed the comic and then did a Dreamcast where we casted characters or we casted actors that we would want to play the different characters. And the thing about that is there's no limit. So it could be actors that are living or dead or somewhere in between. There's a, what was that, that one of the British royals, when everyone's joking, he's looked like a zombie for the past like decade. That's when you said, or somewhere yeah. in between, that is immediately where my mind went. Yeah. And that Prince Philip, who's just kind of like, just there. Probably. I couldn't tell yeah. you. I mean, we had a whole war about this in the 1700s, so I don't need to know the royals names. He's just, he's looking at his mom and he's like, okay, eventually I know you've got to croak, but I'm not sure when this is going to happen. We're Americans on this show. I don't give a hoot. (laughs) He said hoot. So Batman the Long Halloween part one animated movie is coming out very soon. The voice cast has been made. Everybody's on the edge of their seat. I absolutely am. The voice cast includes Nea Rivera. Okay. D U Oh, Josh Dumal. Josh Dumal. Why why does that name sound familiar? Uh, he was the star of Las Vegas. And David Desmalkian. And they cast Jensen Ackles as Batman. I'm very intrigued. That's very interesting. He has gone so in, in Under the Red Hood, a book and movie that I, I somewhat famously love, he was Jason. He was spoiler alert, Jason Todd is the Red Hood. It's been out for a while, you should know that by now. So he has gone from from sidekick to front and center. That's actually, that's very exciting. They're bringing back Troy Baker as the Joker. I feel like as soon as you lose Mark Hamill, he's who you have to go to. He's He's been the Joker for a number of games, I believe. He's a very, very prof- proficient. Is that a word when someone does a lot of things, they're proficient? He, he's a very talented uh, voice actor, specifically in a lot of very critically acclaimed video games. Yeah, so... This is something that I know you and I are going to be very excited about. Definitely something we will be reviewing on this podcast. Absolutely. My guess is with the voice cast just being released, it's probably not going to come out for another year, maybe two, because that tells me they still got a lot of work to do. Yeah. Um, according to what I'm reading, it says uh, on August 22nd, 2020, during DC Fandom, uh, the panel for the Superman Man of Tomorrow movie that was hosted by IGN it was announced that the first part of the long Halloween would release in summer 2021 with the second part releasing in fall 2021 so that's a Mm. little bit quicker than I I would anticipate at least for the second part because it seems like yeah it seems like it'd be a two season type of gap yeah I would I would think like maybe fall of this year have the first part and then like summer of next year have the second part I feel like that's more realistic. Yeah, but it's also, I mean, if there's a if there's a gap in the calendar, you know, something like this is is definitely a calling it a filler, I feel like is an insult, but yeah. It it could definitely be a it it would fill a gap. So it would be a filler but not in a negative sense. It would be like we need something here. We're proud of this. We can have this while like while we're in between other projects. DC tends to get a little overexcited. They need to calm themselves down. Uh, I mean, DC or the DC fans? 
Yes. I, I walked into that. That's fair. I mean, look at all the things they've been promising for years, and they've never they've never come to fruition. And DC fans are now bombing the reviews of King Kong vs. Godzilla just because they're not getting their way. I feel like King Kong vs. Godzilla, the tagline for that movie already existed with Alien vs. Predator, because I haven't seen... <laughs> either way, we die. Yeah. Or either way, we it lose. It says, whoever wins, we lose. That's I right. feel like that's that's how I am <laughs> with Kong versus Godzilla. I was like, who ma- like why does it matter who wins? Yeah. Because then it's just like, oh, I defeated the only other challenge to me. What what am I going to do with you? And I was like, well, I guess whatever you want. I don't know. I don't I don't know. I, I watched the trailer for that the other day cuz I honestly I hadn't even seen the trailer for it yet. Yeah. And um they almost kind of give the impression that that's not the real Godzilla. Yeah. I I so, saw something last week alluding to Mecha Godzilla, and more than anything else in the lead up to this movie, that has my attention. Well, let's jump universes real quick to Marvel, or more specifically, the Sony Marvel collection of char- characters inspired by Marvel. I don't know. I they, they have some weird acronym for their universe, and it it was like Spumpk was the. <laughs> So I Sony, Sony Sony Pictures Universe of Marvel characters. That's it. Because it was called Spump and we were like come on man like <laughs> did not think that through. Yeah, but uh Venom Let There Be Carnage has been pushed back another week which you know, I mean, I people at this point until the movie is actually in theaters you need to just go ahead and assume that it's going to be delayed yeah well and the thing about it is i've seen people complain like the the mortal Kombat movie got delayed by a week as well and it's like a week black widow got delayed a year well you know and my question is john what do they think is going to change in a week uh like I would tr- honestly honestly i would imagine it's not a it's not a post production thing it's a butts in seats thing. So they might think if we give it a week, you know, more restrictions might open up. Um, I know it was recently announced that, that for Nashville, one of the, the bigger metropolitan areas near where we live, the outdoor areas, so like Nissan Stadium, can have one-third capacity. And with the, with the Nashville SC season starting in a couple of weeks... That means we could have like 23,000 people. I never thought I would be excited for one-third capacity anywhere, but here we are. So I think that's what it is. They're thinking we might get movie theaters open, we might not, like, we might not lose as much, because movies releasing digitally is great for the consumer, but I imagine it's terrible for studios. I would think so, yeah. Yeah, there's probably a lot of loss of money there. But like you said... What can you really do in a week? Like, just release it. Just, just you know, either either release it or don't. Yeah. Like, d- stop stop teasing us. Just just Nike this mess. Come on. I mean, it's it seriously reminds me of me trying to teach my eighth month my eight month old to crawl, and it's like I put the toy just so close, and he's about to reach it, but then I pull it away, and I'm like, nope, you got to go further. <laughs> It's like that daggum insurance commercial. I caught you a dollar. <laughs> oh, gotta be quicker than that. <laughs> oh, you almost Reels got it. Reels it in with his fishing line. Oh, you almost got it. 
Yep, that's exactly that's, what it's that like. That is how it feels, especially like... Just do it or don't. Well, and especially you have like Black Widow or No Time to Die, and it's like these movies have been pushed back a year or more, and you think pushing this thing back a week is going to change anything? Nah. Oh, dear. Well, sugar, spice, and everything nice. Oh, no. These were the perfect three ingredients to create the perfect little girls. But Professor Utonium accidentally added another extra ingredient. Garlic. Chemical X. Oh, yeah, yours is better. Have you not seen the Powerpuff Girls? Uh, I have, but it's been long enough that I forgot the intro. So I was okay. just going to try and say something that would be almost relevant, but clever. So I said garlic. You were... you were, <laughs> Gosh, gross. <laughs> no, and uh, we're getting a live-action Powerpuff Girls coming to the CW... A what? Because they know what we want. Yeah, and they conveniently give us everything but that. So, John, my question is, are the are, are the actresses that are going to play the Powerpuff Girls, are they, like, not going to have hands? Just, are they just going to have little stubs? <laughs> they're going to be uh, <laughs> Lieutenant Dan. God. Reminds me of, um, did you ever see Major Pain? No. Oh, my gosh. There's a scene where he's talking about his friend who lost his legs. And he's like, and his little nubs were just a kickin'. Dead gummit. <laughs> that's that's what it reminds me of. But yeah, so you know, I feel like it's gonna. Thank you, CW. Yeah, because that was the thing that was missing from my life is a live action Powerpuff Girls. Yeah, I feel like it's gonna be live action in the same sense like that new Lion King movie was live action. By that we mean it was completely animated. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. not like they ha- they didn't have trained talking wildlife. It was all animated. What? Can we get a can we get a live action Ed, Ed and Eddie? I think that would actually be hilarious. That would actually be really funny. I could I could get down with that. Mm. Well, that's actually <laughs> it's really, actually doable too. Right, cuz you just get three really dumb guys in a neighborhood of of strange kids. What are the guys from Workaholics doing? Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> Or uh, horrible bosses. Yeah. Or uh, what's that? Uh, what's that Canada show? Canada show. The the one where they're in like the rural town. Oh, it's like a it's like a cult following show. This killing me. I'm looking it up. You, I guarantee you've heard of it, even if you haven't yeah. watched it. I'm just gonna Google that okay. Canada show and see what comes up. <laughs> that Canada show. How did it? St- how did that not work? <laughs> I'm genuinely shocked. Yeah, but no, you're right. Ed, Ed, and Ed. Oh, man, then, then you could just have some crazy albino kid with plank. That'd be great. Oh, what was this What was this called? It's on, it's you'd on have Hulu. To, you'd have to set the show in the 90s. Like, it, it wouldn't work in today's time. It would have to be the 90s. Because it'd have to be that time before cell phones and when kids actually got out and did stuff outside with other friends it's called letter kenny i've never heard of i that. was googling canadian show on hulu and it just came like it it finished it for me i was like see that's what i was wanting you what? to do when i googled that canada show and it didn't work what what was it called again letter kenny letter kenny i have never heard of it uh a lot of people really like it i've seen a couple of episodes and it has its moments but it's not like a it's not a i haven't seen I don't think I've seen an entire season of it, actually. Well, then, of course, we've got our last little bit of news, which is really exciting as well. We get a full trailer for The Bad Batch, 
and our band of interesting stormtroopers, clone troopers rather, they are actually threatened by the Empire. That's going to be the theme of this show, is they're actually running from the Empire because they can't be programmed to do whatever it is that the Empire wants them to do. So we've got the basis for our show and how it happens and how the events take place, and it will come out May the 4th be with you. Well, the first episode will come out May the 4th. Right. I on Disney Plus. I've gotten into multiple not not arguments because they haven't like risen to that level, but they have been like amicable disagreements about like releasing everything at once or on the weekly. I don't know. I think the theme song for the Bad Batch needs to be banned on the run. But obviously they're not gonna do that. Paul McCartney's banned on It'd the be run. It'd be amazing. Oh my goodness. You just put a montage of like them escaping situations. Exploded with a mighty crash as we fell into the sun. Oh my gosh. It works. <laughs> That's ridiculous. It shouldn't work, but it does. Kinda does, doesn't it? Like I'm I'm playing the song in my head, I'm like, yeah, that actually fits pretty good. <laughs> But yeah, so that's coming out uh, May the 4th of this year, so uh, that that's really exciting. And, and, you know, honestly, finally we're getting something released on May the 4th. You know, right? we've as fans, we've decided to make this the Star Wars Day, but nothing ever seems to come out on Star Wars Day. Yeah. Like, that would be the day to announce stuff, and so finally we're getting a release. Yeah. Speaking of Star Wars and announcing things, though... Did you see that the Obi-Wan cast has been confirmed? I did see that. You I, actually I did. I sent it to messaged you. that to me, I did. didn't you? I'm so excited. Me too. A friend of mine on Twitter was very upset that uh, Ahmad Best was not confirmed to be bringing Jar Jar back, and I almost unfollowed him in that second. <laughs> I'm not about that life. What if it begins? What if this show begins? And they just assassinate Jar Jar? I'm in. And it's just Darth Vader finding Jar Jar and just slicing his head off. Little Annie, that you? <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then it just goes to credits. That's it. That's the whole show. That's that's the ser- best series ever. <laughs> that's only three minutes long. That's all you need. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. No, it it does. It looks really good. And um, I you know I. Of course, we don't know all the characters that those people are playing, but I, I'm I'm very intrigued by this show because I, I just you know, I mean, we're under the impression that Obi Wan didn't leave Tatooine the whole time that he was guarding Luke. So I, I just I don't know. I'm I'm I don't even know what to say about In, it. Intrigued. I have I don't I I can't even like like theorize like what's gonna happen yeah like i I have nothing well and i i'm exactly where you are because star wars has spent what are we at now 2021 44 years jumping from planet to planet to planet exploring the galaxy saying how big it is but like you there's no evidence obi-wan ever leaves yeah and there's also as more shows have come out things like you know more clone wars episodes or rebels you you shrink the gap of unknown time so with obi-wan having a a small i would call it a cameo appearance in rebels and if we keep getting clone wars 
Like, how many years really are there where you could make a show like this? Yeah, true. Good question. I don't know. Yeah, ultimately it doesn't matter. I mean, it's it's Obi-Wan Kenobi. It's you and McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi. I'm watching it regardless. Yeah, regardless of plot or what might happen, the, the character that we've grown to love and he's coming back, and that's very exciting. Something that we thought we would never see again. Yeah, especially not live action. Like you definitely thought that arc was closed. Yeah, and then Disney, Disney sure. was like, "Oh wait, we need we need more money." But wait, there's more. <laughs> well, John, that's about it for the news. Now, since our last episode, we've had one other episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, by the time this episode releases, there will actually have been yet another episode. But due to the time of this recording. Um, I won't be as fancy with the date as I was last time. Won't be able to review that episode, but we'll have a good two episodes to review in the next episode. So, with that said, we episode two, take it away, John. Okay, so it's actually, I feel like I haven't, I watched this on Friday, and I have, I've just been watching reaction stuff since then, so I'm actually going to pull up a synopsis sam and bucky do hero stuff they they do their best to do hero stuff um so the end of episode one they do the the debut of john walker uh a character we know as the u.s agent they are treating him as the new captain america and every well not everybody hates it all of the fans hate it universally but in in the universe here inside of the show everyone seems to be on board which genuinely surprises me um so they they how is it that they they start the episode with him in the in his high school locker room yes and he's talking to uh his sidekick and then he's talking to i guess his love interest i don't know if she's ever really clarified and then he goes out and he does this interview at midfield of the high school where he's a football legend and he has all of oh, these hey. oh. also just real quick i want to say they do that interview on good morning america it is clearly nighttime when they do this interview where on the u.s were they were they like in california maybe and so it was still dark there but it was clearly nighttime, and it was Good Morning America. And the stadium was full, and there was like a full-on marching band doing a set. I mean, like, they were going all out in the dark. If it was, <laughs> if it was West Coast, right, then it's like, I don't know. Four like, o'clock yeah, in the morning? Yeah, it's got to be stupid early. Canonically, I do think he's from like Georgia. Yeah, he is. So... I think it was supposed to be some type of high school in Georgia, but like you're saying, Good Morning America, the sun is up on the East Coast. Yep. So I had noticed that, Sorry, but I was I just more, had to point that out. I was more drawn to how terrible of a person that I think the new Captain America is because all they do is like promote his accolades. They're like, he's done this and that and this other thing, and he's the best person to have ever lived. And uh, why do you think you should be Captain America? And then he's, he has that fake humility. He's like, well, I don't think I should, like, it was, it was offered to me. And I was like, no, it's not for me. And they were like, take the shield. And he was like, okay, I'll take the shield. So he, it is also worth pointing out too, that, um, in that montage thing that we have with his, like, he's throwing the shield 
very easily, by the way. He, um, one thing that they mention or they talk about is how strong he already is. Like, he is already a beast at everything that he does so far. So he's, he's already a very strong individual. And him being a very strong individual balances out very well to one of the next scenes because Bucky confronts Sam uh, because obviously... And Sam is on a mission to hunt more of the Flag Smashers or whatever their gimmicky name is. Yeah, Flag Smashers. That's, that's such it. a dumb name. Um, but at the same time, I'm... You can't smash a flag. It's cloth. I mean, you could Hulk smash anything, but... Well, I mean, what's the point? <laughs> why not? If they want to live in a country without borders, why not call it Border Smashers? Like... Is it because it's one See, more that syllable? that makes more sense. Is it like a linguistics thing and it's just Flag Smashers is catchier? I don't know. I digress. Sam is going off to like, I think Germany, to try and get some more intel, maybe confront the group. Bucky goes with him because he's not done arguing yet. And I think they argue the whole plane ride there. They do. Um. So Sam jumps out very, very Steve Rogers-esque from the beginning of the Winter Soldier, when he jumps out of the plane with no parachute into the water, except the difference is that Sam has wings and, and yes. can fly fairly well. So then Bucky jumps out of the plane, and he does not uh, go quite as gracefully. He he hits every tree branch on the way down, and uh, Sam takes Red Wing, and he records the whole thing. And then I feel like that's karmic for what happens later, because they get to the area where the Flag Smashers are, they're loading stuff onto trucks... And then um, Sam and Bucky get to the trucks. They're like, what are these? And they're vaccines or something. And they're, they, were, they were stolen. And they're like, okay, well, what are we, we going to do with them? They try to just stop the trucks. Every single person on the Flag Smashers is, I want to say the word they used was altered. Am I, yeah. am I getting that from a different show or was that this show? I, I think they say alt- altered. Okay. Meaning that they have... Or I guess I guess their Sam and Bucky's thought is that they have some aspect of the super soldier serum. So they're getting it they're getting handled. Right? Falcon and the Winter Soldier, it's not going well for them. And then uh John Walker and Sidekick show up and don't save the day, but they, they just kind of balance the odds. And then it ends up they still lose uh, because who'd have thought that fighting on top of a container truck is a bad idea other than literally everyone? And they have these mild confrontational moments between the two pairs. So you have Falcon and Winter Soldier and John Walker and whatever his, like, I know his first name is Lamar, but I don't, he has an identity uh, in the comics. I just don't care enough to know what it is because I think his character's dumb and shallow. Bucky, get, they go to Baltimore to see a former uh, super soldiered, soldier uh from the korean war who is just that was such a heartbreaking scene man it was was talking about what happened to him um and he should have been a hero and he wasn't and just that hurt that that scene hurt me a lot and then they they leave isaiah's house and they get bucky and sam get in an argument outside of the house and the police show up and uh i i had very low expectations for how that scene was going to go i don't know about you that was kind of one of those heart-dropping scenes just because of the the environment that we live in. In their European adventure, Bucky missed a court therapy appointment and he gets arrested for missing for essentially what did they what did they equate it to? Like missing an appointment uh, with a parole like, officer? Yes, exactly. Yeah. 
So he gets arrested. Um, it ends up leading to one of the more comical images, but more serious scenes where yes. uh, Bucky gets released. They did a very good job balancing that out. I, it's it's an image you've probably seen if you have near the the algorithms that Jay and I have, um, because Bucky gets released from prison because John Walker basically tells them to. He says, hey, let him out. Um, but the therapist is like, before you go anywhere, we're, we've got some stuff we need settled. So, so essentially, Sam and Bucky have but like a... It's also worth it's also worth noting, too, on the side, that the whole reason that Bucky was arrested was because of John. Yeah. Because of Captain America, the new Captain America. He's the one that calls in and is like, oh, hey, he missed his therapy appointment because you know they they talk to the therapist and they're like why'd you call that in she's like i didn't say anything yeah that wasn't me yeah he's a jerk oh no absolutely um but before before anything else hits the fan sam and bucky have a couples therapy session (laughs) and it was oh man it was so good they sit really close to each other No, no closer closer to the point where like their legs are like interlocked and they're staring eye to eye. It was really good. <laughs> but they have a really good heart to heart moment as well. And say what it is that's on their mind. And, you know, Bucky just, you know, finally just flats out. is like, why'd you give the shield away? Like Steve trusted entrusted it to you. Like, why did you give it away? And he was like, because I didn't, I forgot what Sam says, but he's like. Because it, it you felt know, like I it don't... was someone else's. Yeah, it felt like it was someone else's, and Bucky's like, no, he gave it to you. Yeah. He trusted you with it. And then, of course, Sam's like, why is it such a big deal to you? Did you want it? He was like, no, because if Steve was wrong about you having the shield, then that also means he was wrong about me. That hurt, dude. That's... I was like, whoa, that was deep. Even, even taking into account everything that happened in WandaVision and all of that, that is the biggest emotional reaction I've had to Marvel since Spider-Man at the end of Infinity War. That's like that is a deep, deep hurt. And it's like, and then at the end, they don't even reconcile it. They're just like, all right, here's our deal. We're gonna move on. We're gonna get through this, and we're never gonna see each other again. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> what an incredible compromise from two grown adults. So there's obviously so then, some, some growth that's going to have to happen before the end of the series. They um, leave the the police precinct where Bucky had been uh, hanging out in jail. I feel like he could have broken out if he wanted to. Oh, and um, they see John Walker outside and he's basically like, we should team up, guys. And he's really upbeat about it. And then they're, um, Sam and Bucky are both just like, read the room. No, we don't like you. We don't care about you we want nothing to do with you and then they even say what they're gonna go do and and, uh walker's like no you can't you can't do that and they're like well see we we work outside of the u.s government rules we don't so we can do whatever the heck we want to yeah and he goes then stay out of my way (laughs) he's he's the he looks like the type of kid who like when when the neighborhood kids were all playing sports growing up if his team was losing, he would take his ball and go home. Like that yeah. seems like him. One hundred percent. But I do think, and I had this thought as soon as. But they're gonna go see uh, right, Zemo, right? They they make this agreement. They're gonna go see Zemo, which seems like a terrible idea. 
Um, but from a plot purpose, it has to be done. It's such a great plot device. Um, a couple of reactions for me. One, I was hoping for more Zemo already. Uh, two, I definitely thought there would be more Sharon by now. I figured she'd be a bigger part in this. Um, three, I feel like it's incredibly important uh, to note how good of a job Wyatt Russell does at playing an unlikable character. There's there's one other comparison that comes to my mind very directly, and um, it's from the TV show MASH. I know a lot of our listeners, I mean, it definitely predates me, so a lot of our, our listeners might not have, they might not be super familiar with it, um, but the, the chief antagonist of the show for the first couple of seasons is a character's name's Frank Burns, and he's just incredibly unlikable because he's by the book and he's this and that, and he's the antithesis of so many of the main characters, but he's played incredibly well. And I feel like actors who can do that don't get enough credit. Mm. So I feel like it is important to mention, I hate this character and that is an incredible compliment to Wyatt Russell. That's a good point to make. So Jay, what were uh, what were your thoughts on episode two? Episode two is really good. Uh, honestly, the stuff that stood out to me was actually kind of the little things with Walker, the the new Captain America. Um, I started paying attention to the little details with him because at first I thought that he had already been given the Super Soldier Serum, and the more that I thought about it, the more I thought, you know there's a really good chance that he hasn't yet. Um, But honestly, it's kind of hard to tell because he's already so strong and so good at what he does. Like, he's already got the mastery of the shield. He's already got, um, you know, he jumps off the helicopter and lands on top of the truck with no problem at all uh, when they show up and help Bucky and Sam uh, when they're on the trucks, you know, he fights a lot like Captain America. However, at the same time, he also has a gun with him and openly uses it. Yes, Steve Rogers also used a gun at times, but he used it when he absolutely had to. When they were on that truck, there was no evidence that anybody else would have had a gun on them. And so Steve would not have pulled out a, a pistol and he immediately started firing where Walker did. I think my theory is is that Captain America showed up to that truck, but not because they were there to help Sam and Bucky. I think they were there to steal whatever was inside of the truck. Okay. Because they did just kind of randomly show up and never really got gave an explanation as to why they were there. They never gave an explanation to why they were there, but they gave an explanation as to how they were there. Because they mentioned that yeah. they tracked Red Wing because Red Wing was government property and he was the government. Right. Which also I wanna say oh, Red Wing is dead I wanna now. say R.I.P. Red Wing, but I'm a big Bucky fan and Red Wing was making fun of Bucky. So, nah, forget it. I did like that scene where she crushed it and he was like, I've always wanted to do that. Really, other than that, I mean, it was it was a pretty straightforward episode. You know, definitely got a lot more action in it this time. And we got to see more of that relationship that's going on between Sam and Bucky. And, um, you know, hoping that going forward they can 
mend that and become more of a team. Yeah. Have any of their moments for you eclipsed their first their first MCU moment yet in Civil War when they're in the car and Bucky's in the back seat and he's like, could you scoot up, please? And Sam's just like, nope. <laughs> they have, they have um, yet to reach that mark for me. They haven't done that yet. Although the them going back and forth talking about their powers was kind of funny. I guess we we should rate it scale of one to ten, real quick. I would say probably a seven. Yeah, I give it. I liked the dialogue a lot better in this one than I did in the first one. So I'm gonna give it an eight. Okay. Also, I liked the action a little bit better too. Yeah. I mean, the stuff with Sam was cool, but I liked this a lot better. So yeah, I give it a an eight out of ten. All right. Anything that you want to see happen in episode three? I mean, we've only got, what, four episodes left only, now? Only six so total, yeah. they really got to get moving. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I got to say. I want to see, see Sharon be important, just come into the show and hit the ground running. Yeah. Um, I want to see Zemo start to scheme. Because you know that's what he did in Civil War. Schemers are gonna that's scheme. That's how they be. Um, and I want to see. I want to see John Walker start to become unhinged. Yes. I want to see him start. And I, I think Roy that's raging. gonna happen here very soon. Yeah, I think. I think he's gonna end up getting the Super Soldier Serum, and kind of like what the Doctor tells Steve in the first Avenger movie or uh, the Captain America movie, is um, you know he says the serum. Amplifies what's um, escalates, already there. Yeah. Amplifies. There, thank you. Amplifies everything that's already there. So good becomes better, and evil becomes worse. So whatever is already there inside of the U.S. agent is just going to get worse. Because I mean, Sam's so. going to get the shield somehow. We that that seems inevitable. It's just a matter of how, and I suppose when. But really, how is the is the variable for me. So those are the things I'm looking for uh, for episode three. With only six episodes total, I'm wanting it to I'm wanting it to just start moving and then not stop. You know, I want yeah. I want it to keep a, a decently fast pace. Well, now time for the main event. Oh, could we could we do the new segment? Yes. Oh yes. So I I I alluded to this. I texted Jay about this. I think a couple of days ago, maybe last week, I, I wanted to start a new segment on the show. It, I don't think it'll be in every episode thing, um, but I was talking to my boss at work last week, and he was asking me if I had seen Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and I said, well, actually, no, I haven't. I've seen the first, like, two seasons, but it doesn't matter, and he looked at me really, like, confused and sad, and he was like, why doesn't it matter? And I was like, well, inside of WandaVision, they have the same book that they have in later seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but it looks different in WandaVision. So the thought is, what they did was they just retconned Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. completely out of the continuity. And he looked at me, and he said, what does that mean? And I said, which part? And he goes, what is retconning? So that that sparked this creative thought in me, which does not happen frequently. I thought that we should have a nerd word of the episode, where we explain a concept that we know fairly well but the average person probably doesn't so the nerd word of the day is retconning retconning it is where shows or or series something like a like marvel star wars disney etc they create a product and they roll with it for a while and then later on down the line they decide eh, you know what 
nah, no, nah, we don't like that. We're scrapping that. So we're going to use this and establish this as canon instead. Star Wars famously did this with all of their extended universe. Um, and I think literally everyone hated that decision because the extended universe was so rich and full of incredible content, but it wasn't content that Disney had created. So Disney decided we want to create our content. All that stuff is now legends. So it exists, but it is not important. And Marvel has apparently done the same thing with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It is no longer in the main Marvel continuity. It has been retconned. Retconned. Could I get a, a nation of origin, please? Nerd. Nerd. It is nerd of origin. <laughs> and that has been your nerdy word of the day. N- nerdy wordy. <laughs> nerdy wordy. So yeah, if if you've heard us throw words around before, I know I'm uh, one of the ones I, I mentioned to Jay was mocap, but I do believe that that we explained that when we used it. Uh, if you have a nerd word or term that you would like to hear us attempt to explain, let us know. All right, moving on to the main event. To the main event, we are um, this week going to be talking about different movies that have. Well, let's see. How do I explain this? Movies, comic book based movies that have influenced the comic book based movie genre as a whole. And it starts off, it has a really dumb start, right? Because a couple of days ago, I saw a tweet. Always starts that's, on Twitter. That's exactly how all good conversations start, right? So one time on Twitter, there was no. Good good conversations actually don't often start like that, to be honest. Uh, but I saw one that said, what is your Mount Rushmore of comic book movies? And inside of my little Twitter sphere of influence, I saw two, three, four different people all weighed in. And I had this thought, again, something that rarely happens. This is pod content, or as I like to now call it, pod tent. It's, it's the <laughs> unnecessary shortening of already short words. Or concast. Oh, that's too close. No, it sounds too much like Comcast. No, no, no we don't. We don't do like that. them. Uh, I say as they. I think they're my internet right now. I shouldn't say that. They're always listening. Yeah, you better not say that. <laughs> oh, and John oh, is yeah, gone. Sorry. He just vanished from my screen. <laughs> always listening, <laughs> like like uh, Christopher Lloyd and Angels in the Outfield. So what we're gonna do is Mount Rushmore. If you don't know, for those maybe for those that don't live in the states, if you're listening to us, Mount Rushmore is a, I you know I say famous, but honestly I have no desire to go there. It, but there is a mountain out in South Dakota. It, it must be one of the only things in South Dakota besides cornfields and cows, and um, it's got far was Fargo in South Dakota? No, Fargo is North Dakota. Um, so there's a mountain and it's got some pretty important presidents, their faces carved into the side of the mountain. There's four of them actually. And, uh, I don't ask me to name them. I know Abraham Lincoln is one of them. George Washington. I don't know them in order, but it's Washington, Jefferson, Lincoln, Teddy Roosevelt. And Teddy Roosevelt is only on there because he did he com- the he- national park yeah. system. So I mean so. it's important, but like when you when Woo-hoo! you compare it to the other three, it's like, well, I mean, you you put your name on the group project, but they did all the work. <laughs> exactly. We we all either know or have been those people. Let's be honest with ourselves here. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
So well, so anyway, the the point about that mountain though is is it's kind of like, hey, these are the ones we hold these at a higher standard because they have kind of influenced the rest of our our government, our country, so on and so forth. So the idea is, what are our for John and I? What's our four movies that have influenced us? And and ha- and the ones that we hold to a higher standard that we use to compare all other comic book based movies that we see. Uh, so it's a great idea, and I'm very excited to hear what John's are. In fact, I've got a feeling a lot of them are probably going to overlap. I did you do a number order like from? I didn't. Four mine were mine four were mainly um, chronological. So I thought okay. more more so order of release. Actually, let me look at mine. Mine might be And I No. There are not. there are two schools of thought on this for me and Jane. I actually had a I would call it a mild disagreement about about Mount Rushmore. It was are they the most impactful in terms of these are the cornerstones upon which the country for the Mount Rushmore metaphor or comic book movies themselves were built on? Or are these four movies the standards to which we hold every other comic book movie? So I've actually I've done both. Okay, I, I did not. And I'm yeah I'm perfectly content with that. This was also my idea, so I had a lot more like idle brain time thinking about oh yeah that's important oh but what about this too? So uh, I I'm a little bit more out of the box, especially from a from a cornerstone standpoint. The movies that made the rest of the comic book movies happen. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and knock those out of the way now, if you don't mind. And then we could get into the standard bear or the, uh, the standards against which we rate everything else. Go okay, for it. So my four cornerstones of comic book movies first, and again, this largely order of release, Tim Burton's Batman from a theatrical standpoint, it's got to like, it's not the first, because obviously you have Christopher Reeve, the Superman series from before that. But I feel like Batman took more established players in Hollywood and said, you can make this a serious movie. Because, I mean, Nicholson had already won Oscars at that point. Tim Burton, Michael Keaton, I think they were known commodities. And then obviously they spawned their own little series with three sequels that don't live up to the first movie, which is disappointing. But that's really... If you look at the modern superhero movie era, I feel like that's genuinely how far you could trace it back. Um, And then for me, the second cornerstone is going to be X2, X-Men United. Don't get me wrong, X-Men, the first movie, is very important and it's very good. But X2 did kind of what Batman couldn't and showed the viability of sequels. So it said, you know, we could still be a good movie. We could still make money. We could still have stars and all of these things. Because of of the original X-Men trilogy, personally, I do think X2 is the best. Granted, it's only between 1 and 2 because 3 is terrible, but (laughs) it's close. Going up to that, and I have uh, The Dark Knight. I don't think you can have a comic book movie conversation, whether it is Cornerstones or whether it is The Standard, without talking about The Dark Knight. We have a whole episode about it. We both think it's, if not flawless, about as dadgum close as you can get. Uh, I'm going to actually skip 
most of the way through the MCU, I'm going to skip straight to Endgame in terms of cornerstones. Not upon which comic book movies have been built, but it shows... I think Endgame is going to end up being the peak of the comic book movie. Because not only has it grossed, you know, over well over a billion dollars, which is an absurd amount of money... Um, but for, for a while, it was a cultural event. Like I actually saw that first day in the theaters with the theater was packed. Like it's probably the last movie I will see like that. So to me, those are, those are the four cornerstones showing what comic book movies started as and what they peaked at. So then I'll fire it back to you, Jay, what four comic book movies do you compare everything against? Do you want me to give all four? How did you end up having your sorted? Are they are they largely order of release or are they order of importance? Order of importance. Okay. Um No, I think we should I think we should go back to back. You're right. Okay. So, in order of importance, my number 1 that I have listed down is Superman with Christopher Reeve, I feel like Superman was one of the first movies I remember watching as a kid, one of the first superhero movies watching, and just really being inspired, not just by what happens in the movie, but the way that they write Superman and the way that Christopher Reeve, may he rest in peace, was able to uh, portray Superman, and Clark Kent both, did an excellent job. And to me, he will always be the best Superman. I don't think there will ever be anybody that will ever be able to top him. Um, you know, when I think of Superman, I think of him. That's that's immediately who I imagine. And, um, you know, the way that Lex Luthor was played. And there was just everybody in the cast just played their character with a lot of passion. And really cared for who they were playing. And I, I you can see it. You know, you can see when an actor takes their part very seriously. And in that movie, everybody took their part very, very seriously. And so I have a lot of respect for that. So I'm doing my, again, minor, I think largely just chronological. Um, I think this is going to be mildly controversial, but I'm going to skip all the way to Spider-Man 2. Sam Raimi, Tobey Maguire, Alfred Molina. Um... Until The Dark Knight, which, I mean, I know it was only like five or six years between the two. Spider-Man 2, critically to me, felt like the best superhero movie. Because it, for for the time, I feel like it looked very, very good. Um, I haven't seen it recently enough to know how well it ages. But in its era, it was the gold standard of comic book movies for me. The plots were good. The writing was good. The villain was good, which I feel like is where a lot of superhero movies fall apart. Is yes. is a good villain. I can agree with that. 
Um, and Alfred Molina as Doc Ock was was incredible. It, he played that role so well. As opposed to the other cinematic role we all know him as, uh, the henchman who dies at the beginning of Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> right. Those are the only two movie roles that I associate with Alfred Molina. Poor guy. Never saw it coming. <laughs> he really he really didn't, though. Yikes. The look on his face. Ugh. So Ugh. Spikes right to the entire body. Um, so, yeah, that's going to be my first one. Are we are we serpentining or are we throwing it back to you? Uh, why don't we uh, bring it back to me real quick? Just because my number two was Spider Man. Hey, 2. look at that! Yeah, um, really, for a lot of the same reasons that you said. Uh, I think it was the first time that, like, you know, Spider Man, uh, the the first one with Tobey Maguire when it came out, it it was it was great. It was good. It was. Um, you know, it, it was, I don't know, it was kind of like the comic book really came to life. And it was really neat to see. And then you were like, oh man, they're making a second one? And it was just that much better. And it was just, it brought it to life even more. And it was just fantastic. I mean, I remember, I mean, still to this day, I watched it actually not too long ago. And it's still so good. Very, very good movie. And yes, the villain uh, was played perfectly um, with so much, like, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't even know how to describe it. He was just like... I, I know this is cheesy to say it like this, but it was almost just like a really beautiful dance in the way that he played that part. Like, you could just tell he was just playing it so naturally yeah. it was just it it was fantastic so i am actually um i since i already talked about the dark knight i'm skipping it in my standards conversation um i will give it an honorable mention here because i feel like it was the first comic book movie to really transcend being a genre movie to becoming critically acclaimed um, with Heath Ledger, just the incredible performance of, of posthumously winning his Oscar, as as Jay said with Christopher Reeve, you know, may may Heath Ledger rest in peace. Um, but we've talked a lot about that movie in the past. Um, I have a suspicion Jay might talk about it here in a second. Um, I'm going to skip straight to uh, 2012's The Avengers. It, it was early in the MCU, but you could tell it had been building and building and building. And they get to this point, and they do not disappoint. It is it is an epic movie in every sense of the word. Um, I know epic movies traditionally were, were from like the 50s and 60s. You have things like El Cid and Ben-Hur, and these long plots, these incredibly drawn-out, choreographed scenes. And that's exactly what you got with the Avengers. You have an ensemble cast that works well. Um, I personally was a little unsure about Ruffalo replacing Edward Norton. Um, but he has fit in starting with that movie and for the next, I mean, it's been nine years almost already. So it's, it's just been such a fun ride. And I know it started with Iron Man, but I feel like Avengers is really what kickstarted the phenomenon of the MCU. 
Agreed. So Jay, your your Agreed. third movie. My third movie actually is The Dark Knight. Uh, the Dark Knight is, um, I mean, it honestly, it was hard not to put, like, I almost put this as my top, because uh, it's, it's right there with it, and it's just, it's everything that you want in a comic book movie. Uh, and, you know, like you said, the way Heath Ledger played the Joker, and the way that you know we get batman's origin in batman begins and then kind of the same thing that next movie comes out and it's just blows you away uh cuz you're you're just amazed at how how good how much better it is um plus you've got the basis of the character now so you're not having to you know, re-entry, you're not having to explain his background again. You're just able to carry on from the last movie. Uh, and it re- it literally was. I mean, the, the first movie ends and you see the Joker card. And so you know exactly which direction it's going. And so sure enough, it just takes up right from there. You know, investigating the Joker and trying to figure that out. And um, yeah, that'd be... And it was one of those movies too that, like, as the movie, even as the movie progressed, like you, something would happen, and you'd be like, "Whoa, that was really cool," and then something else would happen, you'd be like, "Whoa, that's even cooler," and then you know, and then like his car blows up and it turns into a motorcycle, yeah. and then you're like flipping out of your seat, like, "Oh my gosh," you know. So it's 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 incredible. It's yeah. up there. I can't. It's incredible. I yeah. can't remember what movie it was before. But I remember the first time um, I saw a trailer for The Dark Knight. Um, so this would have been, I think, Christmas 2007. Because Dark Knight came out in 2008, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. And maybe it was... When when about did Revenge of the Sith come out? Because that's the only like big movie I could think of that would have come out before that. Um... I don't know. Revenge of the Sith, I think, was 2005, actually. So it wouldn't have been that. But there was some other also nerd movie where it was... um, It wasn't even a trailer. It was just audio. And they had kind of like... So we're we're recording in Audacity. And I see my audio lines going as I talk. And it's just kind of this this scene. If you've ever seen recorded audio, you know what I'm talking about. Um, But that's what the trailer was like. It was just an audio clip. Of, I can't I can't remember what scene of the movie it was, but it was just audio, and then it put the date for the release of the movie, and then it was the last trailer of the movie, and everyone was like, everyone was buzzing, because, oh man, that's like half of the reason we're here, is because we knew that there was something Dark Knight before this movie, and then, like, yeah, there, I don't know, I couldn't tell you what movie it was, I couldn't, but I could tell you, I was sitting in, I think it was in Westtown Mall, uh, in Knoxville, where I grew up. And I just remember, like, almost literally shaking. I was like, man, I'm so excited. Yeah, and and honestly, from the very beginning, as soon as the movie takes off, you have that opening scene where they have a bank robbery. And the whole time, you're like, whoa, what is going on? What is happening? And then you finally come to the last guy, the last bank robber, and he puts the smoke grenade in the guy's mouth and 
you hear Heath Ledger and he's like, whatever doesn't kill you simply makes you. And then he takes off his mask and says stranger. And as soon as he said that, I got chills and I was like, this movie is going to be freaking awesome. Yeah. (laughs) So yes. Now it's hard to top that. It It really really is. is. So I felt bad taking it off of my, off of my standards list. Um, but I wanted to. So let's go. I wanted to throw some variety in there, because I feel like for a lot of people this is a very a fairly predictable list, uh, and I'm a predictable person, so I was trying to kind of uh, go go against that. Uh, my third movie, um, the, the what I compare other comic book movies to, is actually Deadpool. Oh, it's really? a it's a different spin on the superhero movie. It's kind of an inversion, uh, if you will. And it's just a, it's just another take of what a superhero movie can be. Can be, and yeah. to me, it does it very well. Uh, it is an action comedy. It is irreverent. It is rated R, which is exceedingly rare for comic book movies because they want to appeal to these broader audiences. Um, right. Deadpool famously does not care about that. Um, <laughs> and you know, with it being a. Uh, uh, a passion project for Ryan Reynolds with him wanting this movie for so long. Um, you see that come across with, with his portrayal of, of Wade of Deadpool and like, don't get me wrong. Like it's not dark Knight levels of critical acclaim, right? It's not a 10 out of 10, but it is dad gum close for what it is because it is yeah. again for, for Deadpool people, it is self-aware hilariously. So, it is known yeah. for breaking the fourth wall, for not taking itself seriously, and it does it. It's almost a satire of comic book movies, which is very enjoyable to me. It, it's just a, it's like a, it's like if an actual comic book movie was walking through like a funhouse mirror, and it's like that. I recognize me yeah. in there, but it looks different. Moving on to the final one, number four. The top one, the movie that you think is more important than any other in terms of comparing it to other movies, other superhero movies. For me, number four is Captain America Winter Soldier. And the reason for that is, yes, in a superhero movie, you want action. All right. Duh. That's like the main reason you go to it. However, sometimes you have so much action that it just takes away from the movie completely. And you actually kind of get bored with it. And For me, anyway. I, I get bored with it. And I think, alright, yeah, this is great, but I, you know, I kind of want some story there, too. But, oh my gosh, does Winter Soldier nail it as far as getting a story down as well it's you know we've said it before it's a political thriller embedded in a superhero movie and it really is and for me that's what i look for in the perfect superhero movie is i want yes i want action but i also want a very compelling story that's really going to capture my attention. And for me, 
Winter Soldier does that. And so I hold that in a very at a very high place and compare lots of movies, not just superhero movies, but just a lot of movies in general, I compare to that one. I think that's absolutely fair. We we went on at great length um, in our MCU and review talking about how we both adore this movie. Um, it is it is just I don't know that there are words for me to talk about this movie right now. I enjoy it so incredibly, but for me, um, the movie that the the fourth movie for me that I will judge other comic book movies against uh, is Black Panther. Oh yeah. So uh, one of the things that I've talked about on on multiple episodes in the past is the importance of representation uh, for for minorities and for for other things. And Black Panther absolutely transcended comic book movies. It what well, did it end up being nominated for Best Picture? I think it did. I want to say I want to yes. say it did, but I'm not a hundred percent. It's it broadened the the traditional audience of comic book movies. Um, you know, tradition like you think most superhero teams they are largely white dominant, um, and this movie was absolutely not. It there were like two white characters in the whole movie, which I thought would be more of a challenge to me. Just like watching the movie, how it like is this something I'm gonna notice? Is this something that's gonna take away from the experience? And absolutely doesn't for me because the characters of black Panther are so incredibly well fleshed out there. It's such an incredibly deep movie and they talk about the, the troubles of leading and you know, the people who have power and they're not, they're mismanaging it. And what would happen if it was managed differently? Like kill Killmonger, I think is the best villain in MCU. I, I think he's the most relatable villain uh, because he doesn't he doesn't think he's the villain. He's the hero of his story. And I feel yeah. like like Ultron knew he was bad. Loki is the god of mischief. Mischief is inherently <laughs> not good. So like you think of these these Avengers level villains and even in the in the individual movies, villains are typically self aware that they are the bad guy. And Killmonger was absolutely the hero of his story. Um, but seeing even outside of the movie, seeing the impact Chadwick Boseman had, um, through his, through his other roles, um, and absolutely taken too soon. Um, he, he died of cancer tragically last year. You just, he's Black Panther is the ultimate what if for the Marvel cinematic universe, because Black Panther two, if it had just a drop of the success that Black Panther, the the first movie had, it would have been an incredible experience. So upsettingly, that's what, that's the standard that that movie is going to give to other movies like it. But I feel like it is unreachable. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely does need to be held in a high place as well. You're right. Because historically there are many, 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 Caucasian white superheroes and so it is very nice to see representation in other areas for sure 
you know, Black Panther, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Like it, you know, obviously the 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 it was obvious that the the cast was mostly African American, but at the same time, like I don't know, I I I could almost I don't know where I'm trying to go with this, but I was almost thinking of like and this is kind of a weird thing to say too. I think of people many places are still very racist, which is very unfortunate. And there's there's people that I, and and I want to almost say to them, have you seen Black Panther? Like, have you seen how good it is? Why are you so quick to judge? Like, why 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 don't you just enjoy being human, and just enjoy the human experience? Like, don't why are you limiting yourself so much? I know that's kind of a weird way to compare that, but that's yeah. just where I go with that. I, I don't know. Yeah, I had I had a, this. I had a similar discussion with some of my friends today and the, the comment was made. There are pros and cons for everything, but the, the cons seem to get a lot more airtime that people get a lot more heated about the things that are different than they do passionate about the things that are the same. And I feel like black Panther definitely like it, it bridged that gap for me. Kind of like what you're saying, like, can't you focus on enough things that are similar? So, and it is, it is it is just two um, notable white characters because it's it's Andy Serkis and Martin Freeman. I remember joking about it because they were the Tolkien white guys because they both <laughs> yeah. famously played roles in in J.R.R. Tolkien adaptations. <laughs> they did, yes. Two very important yes. roles, actually. Well, yeah. So that was our list, um, but we would love to hear from you. Uh, we 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 really would. Uh, so if you want to. Uh, post anything on Facebook, um, or if you have any comments, by all means, email us your comments. Um, you can go to our Anchor page, uh, anchor.fm slash they didn't ask us, and uh, you can leave us an audio message. We can insert it into the podcast. Uh, you could also email us an MP3 if you choose to, to do it that way. And, um, you know, I can insert it into the podcast and we'd love to hear from you. Uh, what are your thoughts and opinions on this kind of stuff? Uh, what are the movies that you hold really high and compare to these other, um, comic book movies that are released Do whatever, whatever it is you're into, we want to hear from you. Uh, I know we have, uh, we have a few fans that reach out to us every now and then, and we really appreciate it. We normally, we were doing questions. Let me see if I've got a short one. Because I did have somebody uh, give me some questions the other day. I will say, I was told um, a listener of the show reached out to me after our previous episode, which would have come out the, the last Monday of March, and she said that I absolutely do have to read Death in the Family. Although she mistakenly called it okay. Fun in the Family, and I was I feel like those are two very different stories. <laughs> those are two very different things. <laughs> so I, I may be looking to pick that up uh, to accompany the, the disc of the movie that I have. Ah, uh, yes. This is a good one. He actually has a movie review for okay. us, a suggestion. Um, he would like for us to review the original Blade Runner. Interesting. So I, I'm perfectly on board with that. John <laughs> giggles as he gets out of his chair to find his Blade Runner DVD, I assume. Uh, it's not. It's my Rick Deckard Funko Pop that I Funny. keep on the shelf next to me over here. Um, I think I have a disc copy of that. Um, I might have lent it to a friend and then never gotten it back because that's kind of what happens. 
when I lend people DVDs. Well, let's do that um, then. Rated R, genre is science fiction. It is a movie, shocking, uh, from 1982, and it is one hour and 57 minutes. So there you go. Sounds good. Sounds good yeah, to I'm me. In. But uh, yeah, reach out to us. Let us know what you think. Um, John and I will be back with you in two weeks. Get a little bit of a break this time. <sighs> us, us, or our and, listeners? Uh, <laughs> maybe both. <laughs> it depends on how much they really like that's us. Fair. I guess that's absolutely fair. But yeah, but we will be back in two weeks. But until then, you guys take care and nerd out. Thank you for listening to another episode of They Didn't Ask Us. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, we would love to hear from you. You can reach the show by email at they didn't ask us at gmail.com. Whether you just discovered our podcast or have been a longtime listener, if you enjoy what we are doing, please take a moment after the show, give us a review, and also give us a rating. Tune in next time to hear more random nerdy thoughts and opinions from your new favorite podcast.